0: I'm not preaching tonight. I have notes just in case I forget. But I just want to share some of the things that the Lord Lord did on the equip. Um, I'll start off by sharing um, what didn't get to take place. And it was was a little bit of a bummer. But once again, I see the Lord's faithfulness in it. Um, We didn't get to do the ministry trip into Tanzania. Um, Tanzania and Tanzania are the same. We, We just usually call it Tanzania. They call it Tanzania um we didn't get to do the ministry trip uh because of just political unrest um it was it was shut down but after the equip uh i was able to sit in on a meeting with these two uh pastors from ten tanzania and some of the the south african pastors just talking about the ways that they're going to bring the gospel into that region and they were sitting and talking and strategizing and uh it was just powerful it was awesome um And even as they were sharing, I I just kind of got enlarged in the fact that I believe in some role, uh, and I hope it's a big role that Impact Rock will be crucial in going into Tanzania and bringing the gospel. Um, of the two pastors that were there, one of them is this quiet, you know, strong but skinny little guy that's planted seven churches out there. And he just keeps moving to different regions and raising up, you know, leaders to, to lead that church. And then he'll just move on. And he's just, just an awesome guy. Um, so it was discouraging because I, I went going Lord I mean quite honestly I went I'm like Lord I'll die for you out there let us just let us get across the border um, and the Lord didn't have that which I'm you know it's good that that I didn't die out there um, so but let's just let's still be praying for the Lord to to just spring wide open the doors into that region uh with the good news of Jesus Christ so the first night of the equip, I landed on uh, Sunday morning and Craig picked me up from the airport and we went straight back to church and, uh, and that was awesome uh, and then had church service that night and that was an incredible thing. Um, Cornerstone Church is like 35 years old, 38 years old and um, they had kind of a reunion where they ask everyone, every, every person who has either been an elder there or is an elder there, or has been sent out to plant a church um, to come up. And it was unbelievable how many how many people came up. This truly is a church that is reaching the nations. And they've got such a cool strategic thing. Um, they've got six campuses. So they have an eldership team that comes together and they have their, their weekly meetings. And they have an elder who's over a campus. But they all... They all come together. They're all basically pastoring these campuses together. It's amazing. But yet they also send out church plants. Like people going, hey, I feel led to, to go you know, to the nations to do this or that. So while I was there, um, they had these three elders of their eldership. So they had 18 on their eldership. Now they have 15. And one of the elders is going to New Zealand and he's going to be a part of an eldership of a of a sister church out there. Two others... They're going to plant churches in New Zealand. So just seeing these, um, the bigness of people's hearts for the Lord, just saying, you know, that we're willing to just up and move. Um, it was really humbling and really powerful. Um, so that kind of got the whole weekend or the whole week kick-started for me. So the next day, Monday, we... Uh, came to the equip, and do you guys know who Martin Smith is? You know the band Delirious? So Martin Smith was there, and he led worship, and we just worshiped. And I want to say there were 26 nations represented, and we're just worshiping the Lord. And Martin is just, he's got this ridiculous team up there. And I'm like, oh, of course he's going to have just tight musicians, you know. But it wasn't just that. These people were all just sensitive to the Holy Spirit. He had this this woman on the keys. And there were times she would just... I'm like, you wouldn't know that Martin Smith was there. Because she would just break out in this song of the Lord. And Martin would just kind of step back behind. He'd kind of get his guitar and he'd step behind. And he'd just be worshiping as she's just kind of leading the flow. It was incredible. And I saw something that that made me realize I needed to encourage this church with this. There was one point when just spontaneously... And it was while this woman was was leading, she just started just singing in the spirit. She just started singing in the spirit. And the entire room joined in. So you've got five thousand people in there, almost five thousand, just singing in the spirit. You know, Paul says, you know, I, I pray, you know, I pray with my mind and I pray in the spirit. I sing with my mind and I sing in the spirit. And it was powerful. And so I want to encourage you guys. Nights nice, like tonight, when we're worshiping the Lord and the words are just evading you, just sing in the spirit. It's a powerful thing. So we start. That, that's how the equip started off. It was incredible. Afterwards, we went and had dinner. Um, it was at that dinner when I decided that this had to go, and there was not a voice of reason in the room. And and Vanessa Romero was in the room. Jody and Vanessa. And she wasn't even the voice of reason. I even asked her, I'm like, Vanessa, surely you'll be the voice of reason, you know, to say don't take your hair off. And she's like, nah, I think you should do it. So so went home and Craig just took it off. It was awesome. I'm loving it. Um, feel free to to do that once. <laughs> Everyone gets one. So that was, that was a powerful way to start off. I mean, my spirits were just high and I was just encouraged. So the next day we show up to the equip. Um... Craig, even though he was my host, uh, Craig is on Tyron's translocal team, and so he had different responsibilities, and so before every session, they had team meetings, and then sometimes after the sessions, they'd have team meetings. So there were teams I'd just kind of, there were times I'd just be in limbo and just kind of hanging out. Um, And so Tuesday morning was one of those times. Uh, We got there especially early, so I'm just walking around and meeting people and grabbing coffee and that was a, a common theme. Grabbing as much coffee as I could at times, and by the time we got back in, worship had started, and that mean the front was crowded. As soon as worship started, everyone came down. The aisles are full, the fronts full, so I couldn't find a seat. So I just grabbed a seat in the back and kind of worshipped, uh worshipped alone, and and just kind of stayed in my seat there at the end. And then afterwards, did lunch, and then came back for another session, and. Once again, Craig had a team meeting and so I came up to get a seat and Craig's like, Yeah, just you know, you'll you know just grab a seat with me. Don't sit back there alone anymore. So I go to sit up and literally there's like a blue velvet rope kind of blocking off like the first four rows. So me being me, I'm like, ah, that's 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 easy to overcome. You know? So I go to step over and someone's like, No, no, you can't come, you know, this is for the team. I'm like I know, but I'm I'm staying with the team and I'm going to be sitting right there, so might as well just do it now, and the guy's like, no, no and so I was like, man all of a sudden at once um I was hit with something that I'm not like terribly familiar with um but I, I was hit with aloneness um I was, I was frustrated and I was, I just spent the previous session alone and and here I am on the verge of spending this session alone and, and, uh, I started asking, I'm like, Lord, you know, I don't, I don't like this, you know. And I, I started looking, I'm like, Lord, do I, do I really fit here? You know, there's a bunch of people on this team, and and true enough, around that time that I'm kind of questioning stuff, they're all coming in, they're all laughing, they're all grabbing seats. I don't see Craig, I don't see Jody, I don't see Joe Cano, I don't see any of the familiar faces, and I see a bunch of the South African dudes that I don't know, but I know who their names are, and I'm like, Lord, do I fit? Um. You know that they've got their history, they've got you know a lot of inside jokes, they've you know they've got all this experience together, and I. During that moment, man, I just, I'm like, Lord, I just, I felt, I felt alone. And I felt like I didn't fit. And I felt like I was on the outside. And literally, there's, I mean, it wasn't a symbolic blue velvet, velvet rope. It was a literal, you know, velvet rope. And I was on the wrong end of it. And I'm like, Lord, I'm on the outside. And as I'm sitting there facing all these feelings and all these emotions, the Lord says, there's people at Impact Rock that feel that way. And so I just started crying. And I'm like, Lord. And I, I just, I was crying. And then we started worshiping. And the, the way they kicked off worship was with a song. They had a huge choir in this African woman. Who was leading the song and it wasn't and they said it was Swahili but it was an African dialect that I was not familiar with and I have a clip of the video and they started worship with this song. So there we are singing the most simple song with repeating words Jesus has mercy Jesus has power Jesus has has love Jesus is praised and we just kept repeating it and it went on for that was the tail end because I was wrecked for the first three quarters of it and I'm like oh I need to record this because I want to talk about this and it was incredible and it was powerful and so I'm just I'm crying and so then Jesus asks me he says Mark what is the fruit of your relationship with this team? A team that you feel on the outside of what is what is the fruit of that relationship in your life and I start rattling off that I'm stronger and I'm encouraged and my vision has been increased and anytime that our church is in need or that I'm in need I reach out to someone on this team and then he says mark what is the fruit of impact Rock's relationship with this team and I just start telling him Once again, some of the same things. And I just started praising the Lord and I pressed in in worship. And then afterwards, I was just talking with the Lord and the Lord said, you're not alone in those feelings and you need to share this. That moment I knew I was going to be sharing this. And I want to encourage you guys. You're not alone in feeling that way. But I want to ask you the same questions. What's the fruit of of this ministry, of this church, of this team, in your life, in your family's life, in your children's life, in your marriage? We've got to constantly be redirecting our eyes to the Lord. It is so normal and so easy at times to just be inwardly focused and to make things about us. Guys, I'm I'm sitting there being vulnerable with you and real with you and sharing with you that I was in that place going, do I fit? Do I belong? And the answer is yes. Yes. I fit. I belong. Part of my insecurity might have been because I'd just taken this off the night before. I don't know. I don't know. But I want to let you guys know for anyone in this room that's ever felt that. Do I fit? do I belong? Am I just on the outside looking in? Just a resounding, you fit. You belong. You are called here. The truth is, I believe that, that at some point that we'll be on that translocal team, and I don't believe it'll just be us. I believe part of part of being out there is just this huge expansion of vision. I believe that, that There'll be a time when, when Tyron will say, Hey, I feel like you're supposed to be accessible to the nations. And I, I want that, to be honest with you. I want that. I get excited about just being able to strengthen churches and strengthen bodies. And praise God, we've got a strong team here. But I want to throw this out there to you guys. And say, to want things in the Lord is not wrong. But the Lord would ask, What are you doing to move towards it? I had to ask myself, what am I doing to move towards it? Do I have a heart for the nations? Or is my heart just for the United States? Is it just for Colorado and Southern California? There might be people in this room that, that want to be an elder one day. And I'd say the majority of people are like, I don't ever want to be an elder. But there might be some like, I want to be an elder. There's nothing wrong with that. It is good to want that, but I would ask the same question: What are you doing right now? If God has put that in your heart, what are you doing right now to move closer to that, to ready yourself for that, to walk in those things? There's people in this room that are like, "I'd like to be a deacon, elder." I don't know that kind of, but I'd like to be a deacon. So I'd ask the same thing: What are you doing now to move towards that? Because those were the things that the Lord asked me, Mark. What are you doing right now to ready yourself? To minister to the nations, to minister to other churches, to minister beyond your comfort. You're looking for Jody and Joe Cano and Craig. You're looking for the familiar. What are you doing to expand relationships with other people? So at that point, there, any chance I could, I still have my comfort. I still have my my comfort group. You know, Jody Romero's comfort to me, Craig is comfort. But from that point on, I started going up to people, and I'm like, I'm Mark Harper. I'm from Erie, Colorado. What's your name? I started reaching out and, and handing business cards. and like, oh, that's such an American thing to do. I'm like, well, that's great because I'm an American. Here's my card. Boom. <laughs> Apparently other nations don't do that. We do. You guys, that feeling of, of loneliness and being on the outside, once again, just being totally honest with you, I felt it at the Chicago Equip, too, where, where once again I traveled alone, had an amazing time, but you know, there was a time... I mean, you guys might even remember there was one day when I, I broke out the church roster and I went for a walk and walked around Chicago um, and I prayed for every person in this church. And part of it was because I, I was feeling lonely. I was feeling loneliness. And I was feeling you know separated and secluded and all the, my familiar places, they all had different things they were doing. Lonely and secluded is exactly where the enemy wants us. We are vulnerable when we are lonely and secluded. Andy preached a message on that. Alone, feeling alone and secluded is where the enemy wants us so that he can pounce on us. So I want to throw this out there right now. I'm never going to travel alone. Because, see, a lot of times we think, oh, someone traveling alone, the temptation is like sexual temptation or it's like infidelity or something. See, and I've never had that that you know face with me. I always stay with good families and everything, but that's never... Been the attack, but he has attacked me with seclusion and loneliness. So I'm never going to travel alone. I want there to be men in this church who will set money aside, Uh, even just as an act of faith. And I'll announce next time I'm going somewhere, and I want men to say, I'm going with you. To be an armor bearer. To be a co laborer. Okay, the invitation is there. And I'm not, you notice, I'm not saying I want the elders to come with me. This is open to the men of Impact Rock. I will not travel alone. I need someone or ones to go beside me, to travel with me, to minister beside me, to pray in the Spirit, to expect God to use them. I want men to come with me who will have a word prepared just in case God asks them to preach at one of the churches, even if they've never preached a message in their life. But I'm letting you know right now. If I'm hoping my wife and always come with me. And I'm hoping my kids can come with me. But if they can't, I'm letting you know I need need one of you there with me. At least one. And I'm not limiting it to one. You come and we're going to go touch the nations together. We're going to go minister to churches together. We're going to go encourage bodies together. Women, I hope you understand why I'm not saying women. That'd be weird. With the exception of maybe my sister. So my sister and Jimmy could come. (laughs) Um, so yeah and once again just to encourage you guys we have a choice of what we do with those kind of feelings when we're when we're feeling that we have a choice of what we do with it we have a choice when we feel on the outside we have a choice now what's really cool is throughout the course of the week, even at the safari, there were like three team guys that it just in random discussions, this topic came up. There was a guy. Uh, I'm not gonna. This is being recorded, so I'm not gonna say what town he's in, but he's in he's in the U. S. and he's on on the Translocal team. And he shared. He goes, you know, it's tough for me in this setting. He goes, I feel like an outsider in here. I don't have an accent. I don't have their stories. I don't have their history. I feel like an outsider. He said, but I know the Lord's called me here. I know the Lord uses me here. I know the Lord opens up doors that I could never open on my own. And I've been able to minister to to people in ways that, that I never could have imagined because of my relationship with this team. Two other elders had similar conversations. It's funny, one of them, he broached the subjects and I shared. I'm like, I felt that same way. And then he never acknowledged what I said. What he started sharing was, this is how I benefit from this team. And he starts sharing about how... How God has strengthened him, encouraged him. And so I just, the whole time I'm like, God, how in the, what in the world? In the midst of feeling alone, he's surrounded me with people to let, that have said, yeah, I felt alone too. Guys, feeling alone, this probably resonates with a handful of people. Feeling on the outside, it probably resonates with a lot of people. But we have a choice of what we do with this. And I'm telling you right now, this is your home. This is your church, this is your team, and you are a part of it, and we're called to bigger things. And just as God has expanded me this week, if you'll let him, he'll expand you. So on to the next day of NCMI, Wednesday. I said it on Facebook, best day of preaching I've ever had in my life. I doubt I would have heard those messages the way I was meant to hear them if my eyes were still on myself. Best day of preaching I've ever heard in my life. Guys, go to ncmi.net, click on the link for the, the world equipped and listen to the sermons. Actually, there's a free album. They asked several churches to do a studio version of a worship song and we sing those songs there. Go, a free, there's a free album of worship music. Go download it. But listen to those messages. Heck, Hawk, Hawk, probably listened to all the messages before the equip was over. And I know there might have been one or two at the end, but he listened to them all. Go listen to them. Guys, there was some incredible stuff preached. These are some of the nuggets that I took away. Leo Nakotra from South Africa talked about having the eyes of our hearts enlightened. And he said, if I don't see who I am, I'll never become it. If I don't see who I am, I will never become it. We must know the hope for which He has called us. Cindy Booth from Southern California preached, Until you get the revelation of your need for Jesus, you won't be used the way that God desires. Until you get the revelation of your need for Jesus, you will not be used the way that God desires. Listen for His voice. Don't just listen, but hear it and respond. Expect him to speak and be bold and courageous enough to speak it out. Just so you know, that night after after all the preaching, I stayed up late that night and I just asked the Lord, I'm like, Lord, I'm, I'm listening. What do you have to say? And he gave me like five or six prophetic words. Some of them were just encouragements for some of the people in this room and I just shot a text as you were probably just waking up. God is constantly speaking. We just need to be intentional about saying Lord I'm listening what are you saying and then we need to respond in it Bruce Binge from New Zealand preached on the value of the local church and he said you cannot fully know God except in community you cannot fully change except in community there are 59 one another scriptures in the New Testament love one another care for one another 59 One Another Scriptures. And said, you cannot win the world except in community. And he backed it up with Scripture. It was powerful. And he said this, bloom where you are planted. Being planted means staying long enough to be the difference in your neighborhood. It, it was a global message. Be the difference in your neighborhood. Bloom where you are planted. I mean, this just... Those messages were powerful. I encourage you guys, go listen to them. I don't want to re-preach them. I want you guys to go hear these messages. So the equip was awesome. The rest of the equip was incredible. And there were still times I had to face kind of that feeling of loneliness because I was alone. My wife was not with me. My children were not with me. My church family was not with me. I was alone. But the difference was, with my eyes just quickly set on the Lord, it never became heavy again. So I want to tell a quick story about. So I went on a safari after the after the equip, and I saw cool animals. Um, giraffes are amazing, by the way. They're just and, and they're amazing at the zoo, but they're really amazing when they're like ten feet away. And yeah, they're they're awesome. I love giraffes. Saw zebras, buffalo, the kind with like the the hair part at like the hair part in the middle and looks like they're like a cute little girl, except they're like 500 pounds, you know what I'm talking about. So they're not water buffaloes, they're buffaloes, they're African buffaloes. So what we didn't see was lions. And uh, so it's it's the second night we would do a safari early in the morning while it was dark, and then came to light, and then we would do one in the evening, you know, late afternoon into evening until it got dark. And so we get a call at the very end of, this is the, the... Night before the last night there, we get a call. There's two lions at the watering hole. There's two lions at the watering hole. And so outside of our camp where we were, there's like a deck where you could sit there, and it was a wonderful place at the evening to just sit and relax. And it was awesome. And there were oftentimes animals that would come to this watering hole, and they fed water into it to make sure the animals came. So we heard there were lions. So our guide he's speeding, you know, through we're bumping and everything. And he's just flying to get back to camp to see the lions. So then we get a call when we're close to camp that they left but they're up on this ridge. So we pulled the other side of the ridge and we can see them. And it's probably probably 100 yards. And it's getting really dark. And so we can see their eyes. Every time they look, you know, we can see their eyes, we can see their mane. And it's two male lions um, who aren't normally not they're not the hunters. And the fact that there'd be two alone like this outside of a pride means that they had challenged the top lion And lost, and so they're basically loners. So we saw the lions. We're like, that's really cool. But it's getting dark. Let's go back to camp. Went back to camp. Dinner's getting cooked. We're sitting on that ledge, and we see this buffalo with the hair, you know, the the horns. Walks down from one side of the ridge, and it's it's just a dry riverbed. And then we see the lions come down. One comes down on this side of the buffalo, the other had worked his way around. And we're faced with something that most people don't see, is we're on the verge of seeing a kill. Um, we have these two lions, and we have this buffalo. And all week long we were talking about we want to see a kill. We want to see a kill. No one gets to see a kill. That'd be amazing to see a kill. And you want the kill until you're watching the kill about to happen. And then I'm sitting there going, Go, Buffalo! and these two male lions so this one he'd start creeping up and the buffalo would turn and charge it a little and he'd back up and the other one would come closer and it's this cat and mouse game and you're just wondering when is going to happen and you're like man what is this one buffalo doing by himself he's going to die and at some point the buffalo makes a run for it to head up the bank and as he does the lions pounce and they, they get their paws into it. They get a mouth onto it. And he's the buffalo gets taken down. But it's on the edge of the bank. And then he gathers his strength and gets back up. So we're sitting there watching this happen. And all of a sudden we're like, let's go! So we all jump into the trucks. Like we have these huge safari trucks. And we jump and we pull around where the, now we can see what's going on. And as we pull around, and by this time it is dark. As we pull around, we see this gigantic herd of buffalo facing out. And in the center is the buffalo that had gone down and was by itself. So the wounded buffalo, but not not mortally wounded, but the wounded buffalo is there. And we see these two frustrated lions. And they are pacing. Literally, I'm as close as, you know, from, from here to Andy, from one of the lion's. The scary part was we didn't see the other lion for a while. And these are open air trucks. But then we saw the other lion on the other side and they're just they're pacing back and forth looking for a way to get in, but they don't dare do it because this herd of buffalo would have destroyed these lions. And the lions knew it. And they're they're not they're not roaring, but they're just growling. They're just just growling and just kind of pacing around and we're just watching it all happen. And our guide says, we, we can go. There's no way the lions are going to attack. If they do, they'll be, they'll be, tra- they'll just be trampled. And they know it. And there's no way these buffaloes are going to move. So this is a, this is a standoff that the buffaloes are going to win. At some point, the lions will walk away. So we went back to camp and we could still hear, we're, we're 200 yards from this. Uh, less than that. Um, we could still hear them growling. And I thought of the power of that. Our guide told us, the one buffalo that went down, went down to see if it was safe for the entire hurt. Understanding that if it wasn't, that there was a price to be paid, but that his intention the whole time would be to get back to the hurt. Not to be a sacrificial lamb, but... Strong enough to to make it out of there to get back to the herd. The whole herd, they waited. There's lions, there's roaring, there's an attack. They stayed. They did not scatter. And as soon as that lion, or that, that buffalo made it back in, they welcomed him in and they turned outward and they dared the lion to dare come against one of their own. I got to witness all of this. How many stinking sermons are there in this? How many sermons are there? I'm preaching on lions and buffaloes for the next three months. (laughs) But then you connect it to what happened to me earlier in the equip. Feeling alone. Feeling secluded. But then the reality of, I'm not alone. Friends, none of us are alone. If you call this church home, you are not alone. God has connected us in this mighty herd, and the only time that we are at risk is if we'll allow ourselves to be secluded. If we'll allow ourselves to be pulled away in that solitude. I'm not talking about the good kind of solitude. There's times, you know, as much as a people person as I am, there's times... I just need to be alone, just especially with the Lord. I'm not talking about that time. I'm, I'm talking about the, where that we, where it's a dark place. Guys, if we will stand beside one another, which we do, and if we'll pray for one another, which we do, we can face the enemy. And I don't care how nasty his growl is. And I don't care how big he is. And I don't care how much he paces back and forth. He can't penetrate. He can't penetrate. And it's not about our strength. It's about our strength in Jesus Christ. It's about who we are in Jesus Christ. On Sunday, I was able to preach at a church about our size. It was really cool. Um, And God gave me an awesome word about Gideon and about believing when God speaks, believing when God says, I am with you. And then believing when God, what he says about us. I am with you, oh mighty man of valor. Believing God and what he says. And what we can accomplish when we believe God. What we can accomplish when we believe what God says. And I preached that message. And it was it was awesome. And then I got on a plane and came home to my family. And I missed my wife. And I missed my kids. And I missed my church. And I missed all of you. And there were times it was difficult. It was a 20-day trip. And I came home a day early. I came home a day early. I I got a flight a day early because I'm like, I'm, I'm ready to go home and I'm ready to go home now. But you know what? The very next time I get a phone call to go to the nation's, or to go minister to another church that needs to be encouraged and uplifted, or to go to another team and speak to them and encourage them and point them to Jesus, I'm on that plane. I'm doing it. Because that is part of what this church's call is. That is part of what my call is. It just... Lord, please don't let it be for 20 days. I come back excited. I come back grateful. I come back expectant. I come back strengthened, but I come back weary. But I come back hungry and wanting more and wanting to be used in greater ways and wanting to see this church walk in the complete fulfillment of what God has for us. And when I do get on that plane, if my wife and my kids can't be with me, I look forward to knowing which one of my brothers are going to be coming with me and once again, guys, the invitation is out there for any of you. So I ask you just to show the faith now and start tucking money aside and commit in your heart that you're going to travel with me and you're going to minister with me. And not just me, but there's others. You know what's cool? This, i got to share this. this. is really cool. Um, there's three people at Cornerstone Church that are not elders that are part of Tyron's translocal team. I want us to think bigger than just eldership. Eldership is not the end-all, be-all. And, and neither is the translocal team. That's not the end-all, be-all. But I want us to think bigger than the confines that we put on things. God will use us in any ways that we will allow. Craig told me about this one dude. O, he's been at our church. When, when uh, Matt Doty preached, John was part of the worship team. And they asked him, They're like, we feel like you're supposed to be an elder. A cornerstone. We feel like you could lead one of the campuses. He's like, ah, I don't bear witness to it. But yet he's part of this team that goes in. If I called right now and said, John, I need you to come here and spend a, a month with us and pour into our worship team and pour in and this and this and this, he'd be like, I'm there. Because his heart's for the Lord and, and the limitations of title have been lifted off his mind. I want us to do the same, guys. The things that God is speaking to you and I, Let's live our lives moving forward towards those things as if we actually believe they're true and not waiting for some marquee moment in our life. Don't wait for that marquee moment. Let's make right now that just the vanilla marquee moment in our life where we say, Lord, I'm going to move toward the things that you've called me to because I believe you and I believe you're true. I love you guys. It's good to be back home.